takes two to tango. We all know this phrase, and it can apply to really anything in life. When it comes to strong relationships and intimacy, having both parties putting in effort is vitally important. It can be exhausting to be the partner who feels that they are the only one working to keep the flame alive. Or what if one partner in the relationship has relatively lower desire than the other? Many years of marriage, hormones, and body changes can all play a role here. Newsflash, men and women are different. Different needs, different wants and desires. But does it have to be complicated? I personally say no, and so do our next guests who have helped thousands of couples not only improve their sex lives, but have found creative ways to enhance communication and overall connection. Health, wellness, career, relationships, and everything in between. We're removing the taboo from what really matters in midlife. I'm your host, Michelle Folan, and this is Asking for a Friend. Welcome to the show, everyone. Our guests today are a husband and wife team who developed the number one marriage and intimacy app that is not only clean and non-graphic, but it's actually really fun. Amy and Nick McKinley's Ultimate Intimacy app is the product of a couple on a mission to strengthen marriages by making lovemaking fun and deepening a couple's connection and intimacy. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> they also have a podcast called the Ultimate Intimacy Podcast that has 158 episodes where they dive into all the tough topics with raw, unscripted, and personal conversations. Welcome to Asking for a Friend, Amy and Nick McKinley. Hey, thank, thank you so you. much for having us. We're excited to be here. Yes. This is fun. I've only done a dual interview one other time, so this is fun for me. Awesome. I introduced you, but I think there's a whole lot more here with your background and family details, if you don't mind just sharing some of that with the audience. Oh, you introduced us perfectly, but uh, yeah, Amy's and my story might be conflicting, so I'll allow Amy to share a little bit about us, and we'll see if she yeah, got it Yeah, usually right. the wife has to go correct the story. <laughs> I'll keep it short. We met on a blind date over 21 years ago. First blind date that's ever been successful. <laughs> After canceling a few times, each of us, we finally went on that date. We hit it off. He proposed three weeks later. Huh? We are one of those insane people. And we have been married almost 21 years and we have four children. And we have found that if you are committed and you put the effort into your relationship, you can make it amazing no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> oh, that's good. Nick, do you have an addendum to Amy? <laughs> I think she was correct on everything. I like to say we were a lot longer. It was three and a half weeks, but it is true. It was quick. So when we talk to our kids about it, we just say, oh, we dated a long time. It was three and a half. And hopefully they think that's yours because if our kids come to us with that time frame, it won't be good. Yeah. 
but you know what? There must have been an immediate connection, a spark there that was undeniable. Yeah. It's better that than date for three years and find that you don't have that. Well, and she told me the first day, she says, yeah, I'm looking to move and go to another college out of state in a couple months. And I'm like, oh, I better move quickly or I'm going to lose her. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, good. I'm glad everything worked out really well for you. And I've been really curious, though, how you all got started doing what you're doing. I immediately assumed that there may have been some struggles or some challenges that you had in your marriage that drove you to developing the app and your current business. As I say, okay, we've been happily married 21 years. Definitely doesn't mean that everything's been perfect. Yeah. Every <laughs> couple goes through their struggles, like you just said. In our situation, we were married about 10, 12 years. And he was working on a big business that was really just killing us financially. And he just kept thinking that if I pull this off, it's going to fix everything. And the addiction got worse and worse. So we got to a point where I, with four little kids at home, had to financially support us full time. It led to just some major struggles. We started disconnecting emotionally because I had all the pressure on me. Even though we had a really healthy, sexual, intimate life during this time, we kept it strong. I started thinking, gosh, I'm broken. I'm not really craving it anymore. And to keep the story short, it was because our emotional connection was diminishing in the marriage because of all the stuff that was coming at us. One day, I'll keep it short, I just bought Nick a bedroom game. I'm like, I need something new. I need to spice it up. I don't know why I'm not craving this anymore. It was amazing because we started having conversation. It was a clean game, but I was like, okay, no one wants to play this on a bed in the dark, whatever. And we saw that once we started having those conversations around sexual intimacy, it started fixing the things outside the bedroom. Because when you can talk about that yeah. stuff, you can talk about everything. I started diving into the emotional intimacy. This is where I need. This is where I'm struggling. And our communication got better. I think we kind of did things backwards, yeah. right? Like most people are fixing the emotional before they can get good in the bedroom. And I think we we did it backwards, but it still worked for us. Like Amy said, when we were able to really talk about sex and something's so vulnerable... It enabled us to be able to talk about a lot of other things outside the bedroom that we weren't talking about before. And so our marriage just started flourishing. And when that happened, we're just like, wow, there's got to be a lot of other people that are in the same situation we are. We'd love to share what we found that worked for us. Also, the bedroom game was amazing. I mean, I think... It's um, just got it, us trying new things and experimenting and having more fun in it again. Yeah. I mean, every relationship's to a point where things just become mediocre or stale or you just need something to excite it back up. We decided that with all the things we had just learned and implemented in our marriage, people were starting to get addicted to their phones. If people are going to be staring at their phones, let's fix and help their marriages while yeah. they're at it. <laughs> yeah. That's where the app came from. <laughs> well, and we named it Ultimate Intimacy because it really is more than just about the sexual intimacy. It's about the emotional and the spiritual and every other aspect. And when couples can really find that balance throughout the different areas of intimacy, they really can find that ultimate intimacy. It's a work all the time. I mean, I think life's like a roller coaster where we have ups and downs. So it's just always trying to find those balances in those different ways. Yeah. Well, and what you describe in your marriage of we've got children, we're working, we may be an entrepreneur, we own a business, there's bills to pay, there can be ill parents. I mean, all those things add up to a lot of stress. Yeah. 
what is the first thing that suffers? It's probably our sex lives and that intimacy. Mm-hmm. But I love what you said. The intimacy piece is not just the sex piece. It is the communication and that connection that is so important. I love this. I absolutely love this. You often talk about putting your marriage first before kids. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense, <laughs> frankly. Well, freaks people out. Oh, some people just go ballistic, yeah. <laughs> and I get that. And look, as moms, I know, and dads too, but as moms, we tend mm-hmm. to put everybody in front of ourselves. Sure. We literally put ourselves last if you put out a list yeah mm-hmm. it'll be the kids the dog our spouses our parents and then ourselves yep. but I think there's some things to be achieved here what do you tell couples about putting the marriage first I think the first thing is the minute you say that is put your marriage first everyone equates that to a time right so if I'm putting my marriage first it means all my time is going to be spent with my marriage and there's not much left over with the kids That is totally false. What we're saying is even when you put your marriage first, for one marriage, that might mean that you need 30 minutes a day to connect. Mm -hmm. Another marriage, it might be an hour. You need to find what works best for you, but it's finding that time. It's not who's getting the most time. It's saying, okay, our marriage is important. How much time do we need on a daily basis to connect? And whether it's a half an hour or an hour, taking that time to connect and making Mm -hmm. that the priority We understand that even as parents throughout the day, we're going to probably be spending more time dealing with the kids and running them around and things like that. But that, from a time standpoint, we're spending a lot more time there, but that doesn't mean that automatically that's the priority. Right. As a mom, I know that the kids are going to take way more time than my husband. I mean, common sense, right? Like the kids take hours a day, especially when they're little. We're with them all day long. The point is, is keeping your spouse a priority in simple ways. That means for us, we have a bunch of teenagers in our house now, not scheduling all their stuff over a date night. Having a date night once a week is huge in our marriage. Having that just a few hours to just the two of us is huge at our stage of life. When the kids are little, having boundaries, like setting bedtimes, having your kids learn how to respect that so that you have alone time at night because... That's a hard time of marriage too. Just finding, like waking up and saying, okay, I'm going to text my spouse today. I'm going to think about my spouse. I'm going to make sure that I say I love you to my spouse. I'm going to do little things and learn their love language and speak their love language to them. That's prioritizing marriage. It's not hard and it doesn't take more time than your kids. It's just having them as the main focus because I think people don't understand When you make your marriage top priority, that is the best gift you can possibly give your kids because your kids deserve nothing more than to have a strong, healthy foundation that comes from a solid family unit. Yeah. What good is your family or your kids if you end up in divorce? Right. I mean, my parents are divorced and I'm telling you, it's like that does no good for them. But when your kids, this is going from experience, like our kids used to say oh it's friday night it's date night where are you guys going tonight and they would they pretty much do. push us out of the house <laughs> you know they knew that was important but i think they see how important marriage is uh-huh. and that's going to be something that hopefully they want to achieve in their life as well Absolutely. trying to set that example yep you better beware of those teenagers pushing you outside the house because oh, <laughs> nothing good ever happens when teenagers <laughs> are home alone i'm just kidding that's true 
<laughs> do you recommend that couples take a love language test? I've not done this yet, but now I'm interested in doing that. There is nothing more important for a marriage yeah. than to know your spouse's love language. I can honestly say that after over 21 years of marriage. Yeah. We have different love languages. His is physical touch. Mine is not. Mine is not physical touch. I'm actually opposite. Mine is more acts of service and quality time. If I don't speak his love language, he's not feeling loved in the marriage. So mm -hmm. I have to be very intentional about it and that he has to do the opposite. And we added that to the Ultimate Intimacy app was like a mini love quiz to just quickly find out. It takes literally like three minutes. But when you learn how your spouse feels love, that changes everything. Yeah, so true. Like she could tell me a thousand times a day that she loves me, mm -hmm. but that means nothing to me. I mean, yeah, it's great to hear, but unless she's speaking my love language, I mean, I always like it, it unto if I'm speaking Spanish to Amy and she doesn't understand Spanish and I'm saying the most beautiful things and telling her the most amazing things, <laughs> it's going to mean nothing to her because she is not taking it in or not, she's not understanding what I'm trying to say. I really believe when spouses don't know each other's love language and don't show love in that way that they understand, it really can make things more complicated. So like Amy said, I totally agree 100%. Understanding your spouse's love language is so important. And I think it's mm -hmm. important to constantly check on that and reassess that because... Yearly for, or... Yeah. For example, let's say a mother has little kids, right? And the kids are all over her. She's probably not going to want to be touched. I mean, it's probably not going to be physical touch. But now when the kids are older and it's moved out, maybe she is physical touch. At certain stages in life, maybe there's different needs that aren't being met, that that's then the love language mm -hmm. versus other stages in life. If a certain need is being met, then that's probably not going to be their love language at that time because mm -hmm. that needs already being met, if that makes sense. That's a great point because a lot of the listeners to this podcast are midlife women. And what we may have needed when we had a house full of kids is maybe different than what we really require now mm -hmm. yeah. to feel loved and cherished. Absolutely. I think this is a great thing. I would encourage everyone to maybe look at some love language tests and mm -hmm. determine what that is for both you and your partner. I think knowing a love language is super important. What other things do you find after speaking to couples as you do? What do you think holds other people back? From having amazing intimacy? Yeah. Lack of communication. Yeah. Okay. Hands down. We get so many messages. My wife doesn't want to be intimate. My husband doesn't want to be intimate. Emotional intimacy is lacking. My husband isn't doing the things that I need. Well, have you discussed it with him? Have you discussed it with her? Well, no, it starts a fight. We can't even tell you how much we hear that. You cannot have good intimacy if you do not talk about every single thing in the marriage. When you're frustrated, when you're happy, in the bedroom, outside of the bedroom, what your needs are, what your desires are, what you're lacking. It's, yeah. It really true. comes down to communication. And as women, we expect our husbands to be mind readers. Or why can't you see that this stuff needs to be done around the house? Or I've already told you what I need. They need to be reminded. We need to be reminded. Like it has to be a continual conversation all the time, what you can improve on in the marriage. And I also want to add when it comes to conversation and communication, it's about your tone of voice. It's how we talk to our spouse. Are we nagging? Are we addressing something? Are we doing it in kindness and lovingness? Or are we just whining? Like there's all these things that once we learn the tools of how to really communicate, 
It can fix so many problems. So many problems. And I agree 100%. I feel like almost any issue in marriage can be resolved with communication. Yeah. If you know how to communicate. Yeah, if you know how to communicate. The second part of that is there's hundreds of barriers that keep couples from having good intimacy. Mm -hmm. And this could be technology. It could be putting your kids first. It could be so many different barriers. So I think the communication comes in and to talk about what those barriers are. What are the barriers that are keeping us from having the intimacy that we want? And then once you identify what those barriers are, then you can start working together to knock those barriers down, so to speak. Absolutely. But you can't do that until you talk about it. Well, and that's actually a great segue because part of the premise of this podcast is that I do get questions from my listeners. And one of the questions was, and I think this is a good time to bring this one up, how do I keep my husband's shortcomings from irritating me so much that I push him away when it comes to sex? Things build up during the day, and I'm always going to bed angry. I would say from the husband's standpoint, he probably doesn't even realize he's doing (laughs) anything that bugs her, and it's just building up in there. But we as men, like, I tell Amy all the time, like, just tell me. If there's something that's bugging you or something we need to talk about, we as men are pretty simple creatures. I want to please Amy. So if Amy comes to me and says, hey, babe, I really need you to do this, or I'd really like it if you did this, or could you help out with this? I'm the first one to say, absolutely, yeah, I want to make you happy. And that buildup is probably happening because they aren't communicating. She's assuming that he should just know what needs to be done or whatever's bugging her. I can almost promise that if she talks to him and expresses how she's feeling, he'll probably be the first one to say, oh, I had no idea you were feeling that way. What can I do or how do we make things better? Right. Communication. Yeah. (laughs) We don't know if he's leaving the toilet seat up or he's leaving crumbs on the kitchen counter or who knows. (laughs) Yeah, let me add to this. I agree with everything Nick said. It was perfect. I would also like to step back and say pride can get in the way of a lot of things in marriage. We're not perfect either. Sometimes we have to look back and be like, I'm annoying too. What things am I doing to annoy him? Is he brushing those off? When we think that we don't make mistakes or we're so perfect in the marriage... We're missing on that. We're just judging him. A really good tip is to be like, okay, how do I improve? Let's talk about this. Let's communicate about this. And then let's just work on those like baby steps. Like let's not try to annoy each other. But like he said, you don't know if someone's annoying you unless they tell you. Communication again. Amy, what you're saying is really we need to be self-aware because Mm -hmm. I know I'm not perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and we also can't have a happy marriage if we're nitpicking at all those dumb things. So we have to pick our battles. We have to pick them with our kids. We have to pick them with everybody. We got to get to a point in marriage where like, is that really worth arguing over? Or should I just let that one go? (laughs) Exactly. I love how you all do polls. You have followers. Yeah, you do a lot of polls. Yeah, we do a lot of them. I think it provides you some great data. Mm -hmm. One recent poll was... What do men really want? And I guess it would depend on your love language, but what do men really want? What were your findings? And then what do women really want? You answer the husband, I'll answer the wife. We have done a lot of polls and some of the polls were asking specific things. Some of the polls, I don't know what necessarily what one you're referring to, but some of them are talking about sexual intimacy and things like that. But we just actually did a podcast on this. And I think men and women with what they want at the end of the day are pretty similar. 
we all kind of want the same things to feel loved, to feel listened to, to feel appreciated, to feel valued. But again, like you said, getting back to the love language, I think that is so vital and so important because we all are a little bit different. If I'm a physical touch, that's probably what I'm going to need in the relationship. If she's more quality times time, quality yeah. time, that's what she's going to need in the relationship. I think every relationship's different, but I mean, I will say this. One of the things that we, emotional intimacy and sexual intimacy go hand in hand. It's almost impossible to have good emotional intimacy and not have good sexual intimacy or vice versa, unless there's like a physical condition or something. But what we see is happy couples in general have amazing sexual intimacy and amazing emotional intimacy. They go hand in hand. And if one's off, the other's going to be off. I think that's the secret to happy couples. But Yeah, I think what we have learned mostly in our polls that we've taken, if we were to combine them all together... Like he said, we're a lot alike, but husbands typically feel loved through sexual intimacy. Yep. Just typically. 91%. Yeah. Of who we pulled. On the women's side, we generally need the emotional intimacy to be really strong before we desire being sexually intimate. That's where we feel loved is when we feel listened to, appreciated, we're given time. We feel romanced, right? We feel that passion. So we have found that there's this gap in marriages where, I mean, this is what we're dealing with mostly. Well, the husband's not getting the sexual intimacy. He withdraws some of the emotional things. And if a wife is not feeling romanced and that passion, the quality of time and those kind of emotional connecting things, she withholds the sexual intimacy. And it becomes this gap in marriages that is causing a lot of issues because the resentment comes which makes everything worse, which makes everyone stop, like withhold it even more. That's what we're really trying to battle is when you can talk and when you prioritize your spouse's needs and you do that first in your marriage, then everything in the ultimate intimacy circle, that pie, everything becomes balanced and beautiful. Our pies might have different shapes of different intimacy pieces that we need, But we both need all those pieces. And that's what we're finding. We're a lot more alike. We just have to figure out how to communicate and give what each other needs. Yeah, Which is really similar. I think what you're telling me is foreplay starts at breakfast. Right. It's that interaction. It's how we treat each other during the day, whether you're male or female. And that is what leads up to that emotional connection that helps us connect sexually. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. See, I'm a good learner. That's perfect. (laughs) Well said. (laughs) I do want to talk a little bit about sex drive because libido does change over time. It's not always the woman. I mean, you know, we know hormone fluctuations, menopause can certainly diminish libido. Mm -hmm. But there are men that also have diminished libido for some of the same reasons. If you have one partner that has lower sex drive the lower drive partner i guess is what you would call them how do you overcome that gap in a marriage the first thing to point out is almost every single couple has a high drive and lower drive like there's very few couples that have the same drive or similar so let's point out first that high drive would be more of a spontaneous desire which means that you can be ready at a moment's notice, it just comes in your mind, yeah. you're ready to go, which would be him in our marriage. 
Low drive is typically like a responsive desire partner where it takes a lot of foreplay and you can usually get warmed up and get into it, but you're not spontaneous where you're just all of a sudden thinking about it. Yeah. Once you become aware of that, there's things that you can do to fix that gap. Amy's a really, I would say, low desire, but she also understands that she can get in the mood at any time. It just takes a little bit of work. And one of the things, I don't want to get off subject, one of the things that's really frustrating that you kind of see nowadays is the attitude that like, well, the spouse isn't in the mood, then it's completely off limits and you're just not going to, not even going to go there. Mm -hmm. That eliminates the whole purpose, the whole need for foreplay, right? That's the whole purpose of foreplay is to get in the mood. In our relationship, Amy understands that. She's like, yeah, maybe I'm not in the mood, but I know that I can get in the mood by this, this, and this. I think it's just, again, getting back to communication and discussing that as a couple. I think a lot of couples just think, well, if I'm not in the mood, therefore we're not going to do it, and it's totally off limits. And that's where the arguments and the fights start happening and things like that versus saying, I'm not in the mood, but I know I can get in the mood, and here's how I get in the mood. I think another thing that can really help balance that out is scheduling. We were totally against this. Just thought, what a stupid thing. Scheduling? Schedule what sexual was... intimacy. I'm a total believer, and I think we find that a lot of women like to have things planned out. They don't like surprises, right? They don't want to be all of a sudden surprised at the wrong time or what Some. have you. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not generalizing yeah. and saying all, but... For those who are like schedulers, it's real easy to say, okay, if I have this, it's not going to be at 8.02 we're going to do this, but it's like on Thursday night. That's a good time. The kids get to bed. I can prepare throughout the day and get physically and mentally ready and get the stuff mm -hmm. done that I need to and not be caught off guard, you know, not be uncomfortable. And I would like to add to that that positive mindset changes everything. When you think that making love is just for your spouse and not for you, that kind of messes up the whole thing because you've turned off that switch, which is so important to have that it's for me too. It's for both of us. It's for our marriage. So having a positive mindset about being intimate, number one, and just being willing to let yourself get in the mood and to take that time is huge for a marriage. Yeah. Do you have some tips on the app for foreplay and for getting in the mood oh tons of stuff yeah i mean we have tons of technique articles from experts we have anatomy getting to know anatomy. each other's bodies how each other's bodies work we have our bedroom game that throws out a lot of ideas to try obviously we created the app for a safe place so people don't have to see stuff they don't want to see but given ideas to try new things in the bedroom we have our truth or dare game that connects you emotionally and intimately. It's really fun. There's just so much stuff on there that we were just like, here's some safe resources to really talk about these things and try new things. Even stuff just as articles as simple as talking about changing your mindset. I mean, mm -hmm. we've seen a lot of people that have had a really negative attitude about it and just simply changing their mindset has been life-changing for them to say, okay, you know, instead of like, oh, I hate this. I don't want to do this to like, how do I enjoy it? How do I learn mm -hmm. to enjoy it? How do I change my attitude, my mindset. Yep. And I mean, I think that's a big part of it as well. My other question is what about toys? <laughs> Great question. Great question. I'll let Amy answer that. I think that's personal preference. I think there's a lot of people who are like, don't want it. I think there's a lot of people who are like every single time. I think it's something that you talk about. We were actually, weren't taught anything. We got married. It took us about what, 15 years to try our first toy. I think they're life changing. I don't think that they have to be a replacement. I think they can be an aid. They can be an addition. 
Women, we have this amazing body part, the clitoris, that's solely for sexual pleasure. And there's so many things that can help out in the bedroom with toys. I'm totally sold. Yeah. If, if both people are on board, I'm totally sold. I feel the same way. I also feel like for a husband, it's a it takes a lot of pressure off of. It's something that, hey, if I finish first, I know that we have this and I can still take care of my wife. Yeah. And still let her enjoy it. And like Amy said, we something that is used together can be a great thing. Because most women can't enjoy sexual intimacy or orgasm through just penetration. I mean, that's over 80% can't. And so. we actually have heard from many couples where women have been married multiple years and have never had an orgasm. And to me, that was, I'm like, that's heartbreaking. Like, you have to be enjoying making love like your husband or that's going to change everything. So we actually added a toy into our shop that I just swear by because I'm like, and I that think, should never be a problem. Yeah, and I think even more than calling it a toy is a, it's I an would aid. call it like an, an aid, aid or an yeah. asset. Yeah. Well, and I also think too, I mean, maybe from the guy's perspective, I can't believe I'm saying this, is that maybe it's kind of a turn on for the husband to watch his wife like pleasuring herself. I mean, come on. Or using it on her. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And most men enjoy sexual intimacy with their wife because their wife's enjoying it. That's what husbands want. That's what they always tell us. They're like, it's not about sex. It's about yeah. being connected intimately. And I want my wife to be just as into it as I am, and right? That, and that's a totally whole nother discussion we could spend hours on. But <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of women just think, oh, my husband just wants sex. Nothing can be further from the truth. That is the way that a husband feels loved and feels connected and... There's nothing yeah. like it. It's not really about the physical as much as it is about the connecting part of it. But guys feel pretty good when their wife climaxes too. They're like, woo, look what I did. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying all this. This is really fun. <laughs> okay. I want to talk about the app. I want to make sure everybody knows what your app is all about. There's games on there. There's... What else? Conversation starters, I saw. We spent a lot of time putting together conversation starters. We have hundreds and hundreds covering all the different subjects because, again, one thing we've noticed is it's really hard for couples to have conversations, let alone how do I start these tough mm -hmm. conversations. So if you go to the app and you say, okay, we really want to talk about sexual intimacy, you can go into that section and it has tons of questions. And if you're reading it off a phone, if you're sitting down with your spouse and saying, okay, how do we feel about this? It's a real easy way to start mm -hmm. those conversations to where you're not starting them. The app's pretty much starting them for you. We have tons of people come back and say, I cannot believe the conversations yeah. that we're having and how much easier it is. That's one of the things that we really spend a lot of time on. And we have several different ones. We have a would you rather game, like Amy said, mm -hmm. truth or dare, just tons of different ones to bring up fun, different conversations or serious conversations, depending on what you're looking for. And our conversations are our main section is family, miscellaneous, spiritual, financial, intimacy, fun. Like I always say, like you have to have strong emotional foundation in your marriage before all the yeah. other areas of intimacy can be strong. And that starts with conversation. And it's amazing how even after 21 years of marriage, we'll pull out the conversation starters and it will turn into an average conversation like we've never had before. Yeah. I'm like, you can always 
learn more about your spouse always. Yeah, we have the love language quiz like Amy talked about because that's a vital component in your relationship. We mm -hmm. have the bedroom games. We have tons of resources and articles. We have... Great products. Yeah, great... Yeah, yeah, we have an positions on Apple. An intimate chat feature where oh, you yeah. can chat privately. Not, don't have to worry about the kids seeing it. Everything's encrypted and decrypted. No one but you and your spouse can see it. No one can hack into it. Oh, it's fun. Um, yeah, just... Nick sent me a romantic, sexy text one time and didn't realize my daughter was playing on my phone at the moment. And I'm like, that is why we have the chat. That's right. <laughs> Learn my lesson. <laughs> The app is passcode protected, so your kids can't get into it. You set the passcode. It's completely safe and secure. You sync it between each other. and If you have an iPhone, then you have over 200 non-graphic positions that you can rate and try and see awesome. what you like, see what you don't like. Yeah. Pretty awesome. <laughs> and a lot of other stuff on the app. Let people explore that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And Nick and Amy, and we did have this conversation before we started recording because I have an Android phone. I won't get to see the fun positions that are on there. I'll have to use my imagination, I guess. There are a ton so, of great features on the Android version as well. And we do sell our positions as a card deck also. Oh, yeah. If they're not available on the phone, you can use the card decks. Uh huh. Okay, so there is a card deck for sale. I did see that. That's wonderful. Uh -huh. And you all are doing some retreats. We are. How have these yeah. grown and what have you gleaned from meeting with other couples in person like that? They've been amazing. We just got done with one about, what, three weeks mm -hmm. ago. Huge success. People from all over the country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, could not have gone better. We call it the Intimacy and Adventure Retreat. We combine adventure and obviously the intimacy part, we have about eight hours of instruction from fantastic marriage coaches. Yeah, it's been uh, wildly successful and we plan to continue to expand and take it to some more exotic locations, hopefully. That's fantastic. But so far, these have been held in uh, St. George, Utah, which is a pretty Beautiful amazing place. place. Yeah. Nice. That sounds awesome. I'd love to go. All right. What other projects are you all working on? Anything else? We have an app update coming up, hopefully, in the next about week or so. Week or two. We're not going to announce what is going into the app, but we're It'll be good. so excited about it. That's taken a few months. We've been working really hard on it, and I think it's going to be a huge addition to everyone's marriages. Yeah, it'll be something that everyone really They'll loves. They'll love it. Will I be able to get it on the Play Store? <laughs> Yes, yep. you will. Absolutely. Yay. Okay. <laughs> they will allow. <laughs> okay. Yay. Yeah. You let me know. And then as we wrap up here, I think one thing that I have taken away from this is really keeping in mind how we were with our spouses when we met and early in our marriage, maybe continue to treat each other like we're still dating because it's almost like maybe a breach of contract if you will by changing things up yeah exactly i think marriages change and grow and we throw a whole lot at marriage with stress and kids and everything else but really doing our best to make each other a priority sounds like what the message is here Oh, I was just going to say, I love that you said breach of contract. That's strong, but none of us 
committed or signed up for a boring roommate marriage. We just didn't. Like, no one goes into a marriage thinking, we're just going to be spouses, but the inside and outside the bedroom is just going to get dull, and I'm fine with that. We have to always be putting that energy into it, and it is exactly what you said. Doing those things that we did when we were dating are key. They don't have to be big either. Those simple little daily intentions keep your marriage alive. Well, think of how simple it is. If all couples did is started dating each other frequently again, the whole aspect of their marriage would probably change. Think of what happens when you're dating. You're having good communication. You're having fun. You're connecting. You're talking. You're learning about each other. You're spending time together. Your relationship comes first before anything else. All the things that we're talking about to have a good marriage pretty much happen during the dating period or when you're first married. Mm -hmm. And if couples would literally just start dating again, they'd see their marriage really transform. In fact, we wrote a blog article, How Date Night Changed Our Marriage, and it really did. We Mm -hmm. were in a time in life where we weren't doing date night at all. And we decided we're going to start doing this at least once a week. Sometimes we even do it twice a week. And when we started doing that, man, everything just also started changing as well. Because we were. We were talking and connecting Mm -hmm. and dating and putting our marriage now first and things like that. I think really simple. If couples did one thing, if they just started dating each other again, that would change a lot of relationships. It reminds me, and I totally forgot about one of the questions that one of the listeners submitted, but I think we already answered the question, is she said, my husband and I have not been intimate in more than two months, and we've discussed this, and we both want to try harder, but how do you suggest we ease into it? And I was like, oh, start date nights. I'll bet you anything they weren't dating. I bet you if you were asked that question, they're like, yeah, we don't go on dates. Yeah. Doing that one thing would change so many things. When you talk about dating, it's about that quality time. And quality time takes putting down that phone. Those phones are ruining intimacy and they're ruining marriages. We have to learn how to set boundaries. We need to put them down and we need to focus on our spouse every single day. That's a good point. We go to restaurants and we're always looking at people. And it is amazing how many couples are sitting there both on their phones. And we're like, this is crazy. It's crazy. They're out to dinner together. I mean, not even dating, having to go out. Dating doesn't cost money. Going on a walk together, watching a movie together, just being intimate, getting out in nature. Like, you can do all these things, but it's all about quality time, and that takes not being distracted. Your spouse needs you to not be distracted. Right. We've been at restaurants before, and my husband would be looking something up on his phone, and I'm like, put the phone down. People are going to think you don't like me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We've all been there. Yeah, we joke about it, but... (laughs) We've all done it, too. But yeah, we see other people on their phones and we see it. We don't want other people to think that we're not engaged. Yeah. (laughs) I would love for you to wrap things up with just telling listeners where they can find you, your app and your website and your podcast. Perfect. Well, the easiest way is everything can be found at ultimateintimacy.com. They can find our shop with our products. They can find our app. They can find our podcast. Also, our Instagram, which is at Ultimate Intimacy Intimacy App, where we take polls, like you said. We love taking polls. We love to go off of the things we learn from our followers and the things that they're struggling with. So we appreciate it when people will go take the surveys. It really helps out. Follow us on Instagram, at Ultimate Intimacy App. That's awesome. And I think you both are so genuine. 
the other thing is you're straight shooters. <laughs> you don't mince words, but I think you've got a lot of great experience under your belts. Continue doing what you're doing. I think you're doing a lot of good. Great. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having us on. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Follow Asking for a Friend on social media outlets and provide a review and share this show wherever you get your podcasts. Reviews and sharing help us grow.